and uh, welcome to the Digital Sports Africa podcast. Um, my name is Emeka Nyadike, and with me is a uh, guest all the way from Frankfurt, Germany, and uh, founder and CEO of Result Sports, Mario Leo. You're welcome to South Africa. Thank you, Emeka. It's a great pleasure to be here, and I very much look forward to our conversation. Yes, um, we... We, we live in an era now where sports and social media go hand in hand, and your work with Resolve Sports is um, well known globally for um, a lot of trying to make people, people understand how these two work hand in hand. Uh, give us a snapshot of what the state of the art is today. Okay. I'm with state of the art, I probably need to go back a little bit how it all sort of uh, started because we founded, or I founded the organization in 2008 uh, with the aim to be relevant in the sports business. Um, and obviously there, social media wasn't as powerful. Yeah? There was a um, few clubs um, in Europe just using it. Um, the leagues in the US, they started already to engage more. Um, and obviously then yeah, it, it sort of evolved. Um, and state of the art today is really that each platform you have in use um, as a sports organization or as an athlete should fulfill a role, um, like Facebook as a highlight channel, Instagram as an entertainment channel, but we will talk about that much later in much more detail. Um, so, um, and Twitter is the live feed. So every, every social media channel should, should fulfill a role. That's the key goal. And, um, and obviously, things should go back to the website. The website plays a critical role because it's the point of sale where merchandising is being sold, where tickets being sold, where the whole archive of the club's traditions and, and, and club's values are, are stated. Um, and obviously, in, we're in Africa uh, and the mobile device and the smartphone plays a, a significant role and, and the smartphone um, has conquered families and has conquered the children of young age um, and, and obviously they need to be and they want to be engaged with sports as well. Do, do we still have uh, people who go to the website because it, it does seem like uh, for the average sports fan or if I even bring, narrow it down to football fans um, do they have any reason to go to go to go to websites anymore? It's and it, because it's it's the offering on the website is is often already moved to social media. So the the more exclusivity you bring on social media, the less uh, or the more you devalue your website, uh, and that needs to go hand in hand, obviously. So social media are external platforms; they don't belong to the club. They are belonging to mostly American business organizations. They determine the rules and regulations. So if you put everything on social media, the risk is that your website is not relevant anymore. And then if they change yeah, the algorithm um, and you need to pay to reach the people, then you would, would be very happy if you have a strong website. So it goes hand in hand. I mean, but at the end of the day, if you, if you, if you put uh, your, your content on, on, on your website, if you don't share it on, on social media, uh, chances are that fewer people will see it. Yes, therefore you tease on social media a lot, uh, meaning it's it's the first point of contact. It's it's where you are interesting. Um, it's where you create interest. It's 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 like it's you're a pride. Yeah, you want to get married, and, and that's you show obviously your your best your best sides on on social media. Um, but obviously, yeah, the house needs to be clean. Um, with the house is the website, and the house has the offering, and the house is basically the point of sales. So obviously, that goes really hand in hand. And 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 but most clubs don't understand understand and we will discuss why um, and how the structure of a sports organization need to change to be relevant um, in, in a few minutes as well. Yeah, if, if, if we look at some of those, those social media 
uh, platforms. Um, Facebook began as far back as 2004, but uh, it took, I mean, YouTube also, um, about the same period. Uh, most clubs did not embrace it. I, I, I do recall a conversation with the, the commissioner of the NBA, Adam Silver, saying how they, they, they had people wanting, wanting to, I mean, people were taking NBA content and putting it on YouTube in the early days, and even the NBA did not have a, a YouTube channel, and how he didn't go too hard because they wanted to try and understand um, how it works. It, but it does appear like he took a lot of the, the top sporting organizations and also the clubs about five years for them to, to truly embrace this, this new, new phenomenon. Why, why, why do you think that was so? Because when you consider now, like they can't live without it, you know, what, what was the initial misgivings? There weren't any misgivings at all. Um, but obviously you have different stakeholders in sports and, and obviously media, radio, um, TV. Um, they obviously embrace that they have very strong viewerships, that they, that they are the most relevant channels. Uh, and obviously um, in the early days, it was, it was often an intern or a junior who was put on social media and they were changing every three to six months. So there was no holistic understanding of how powerful and, and how much potential these platforms ha had. So that came really, yeah, I mean, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Man United were the first three who sort of in Europe in 2007 started their platform. Um, and, and all the others, uh, all the others. Um, what is even funny is that Manchester United, I think, did not get on Twitter. Yes, until, because, yeah. That, and, that, and that has the reason because Manchester United signed an exclusive agreement with Facebook for five years that they couldn't use any other platforms. So when 2012, that exclusive agreement with Facebook expired, Man United was like in a day they they placed all other platforms so a social media profile, because obviously Facebook invested money in Man United where they made a case study out of it. There were there were videos shown around uh, where where Facebook and, and Man United was always or where Man United was always shown and presented as a showcase, and obviously Facebook. It themselves, they obviously wanted to be uh, a platform for as many users as possible, and it took for Facebook also some time to get the functions and the features implemented that will be of full help and support for the sports organizations. So, I mean, in other words, if you look at it, it, it would it wouldn't appear that um, it was a case of uh, sports needed social media, but maybe to, to a large extent, social media needed sports to to get. The, the kind of uh, acceptance that they, that they did have because you yes you you've had you have factors you know political factors like the emergence of Barack Obama in 2008 but you know to a large extent you find that more and more of the people who use social media or who are engaged with social media do so because of of sports and to, to a greater extent for the the appeal of football because I, I use an English phrase, uh, and it's the people want to hear it from the horse's mouth. They want to hear it from the originator. Um, because our, our media has changed, and especially over the last four or five years, the media has changed that their business model falls apart because of social media. And I'm sure we're going to talk about that or, or cover that quickly. Um, and, and obviously, people want to have the source and want to have um, the emotions 
brought to them because it's the sports and football in particular because of its global media reach and TV reach um, has has a luxurious position in social media because it has it bundles the passion and the emotion passion that we follow one team and one nation um, and and we don't change our favorite football clubs throughout the career so if one decides for Liverpool like Emeka does uh, or if another one decides for Man United that doesn't go away we just don't change like we change our shirts so I mean if, if we talk about about the the effect of um, our affiliations and our, our passion for teams our passion for for athletes and and all of those factors you know it it does have a lot of emotions and um, also psychology uh, and to, and to that extent uh, when you now look at um, how you understand the the dynamics of, of social media and understand the inner workings um, you know at what point did did it strike you that someone needed to be to be able to decode um, you know the back end of of the social media um, uh, platforms and how to make to make sense of it um, in, in terms of decision making and in terms of how how to understand um, engagement and all of those things that happen within it. At what point did it, did it strike you? Because your the, your the evolution of resource sports seems to, to have been um, born out of necessity. Yeah, and, and it was actually in 2009 and 2010 when more and more clubs joined uh, with official presences on Facebook, Twitter and YouTube that you could see an immense quick growth of the follower base. Um, and, and we basically... Yeah, a data-driven organization, um, and, and I love numbers, and, and obviously when, when you see the evolution, you want it to be sort of uh, monitoring it. Yeah? What, what is an impact of a match day? Yeah? What is an impact of a domestic Bundesliga match versus a, a European match in the Champions League and in the UEFA, Europa League? So we wanted to understand the, how influential yeah, match days and winning of with the winning of games and victories of games um, are, and therefore we 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 add initially Excel type um, functionalities where we where we track the follower base, um, and then obviously more and more clubs joined, and and um, the intern was exchanged into a full time staff, um, or at least the, the full time staff was was responsible for it. He had multiple heads on, but he was responsible for filling the social media channels, um, and and obviously they were working in their ha habits and routines and did not have any benchmarks, um, and 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 we were we were providing then a newsletter because we we sort of have been, I would say, um, an, an impacting driving force to, to, to show that there is month after month significant growth and potential. Um, we haven't forced our way into it. It was the, the industry needed, feel, felt like it needed somebody. And I give you an example in um, in February 2012, the German Bundesliga or the 36 teams of the first and second Bundesliga, they formed basically a working group that, that because they realized, oh, we are not competitors like we are on the pitch because if we do social media jointly and if we discuss what 
what our challenges are and our opportunities are together. And then when we meet each other on the pitch, obviously we can get those tonalities and, and those uh, get multiplication effects. So in February 2012, the 36 Bundesliga teams created a working group and results boards and Mario Leo was the only external party when the, during this founding uh, ceremony. Um, so, so we were accepted um, as part of the family. And I think we've, we've always kept it that way. Um, today or until today you don't see a press release of results boards that we work with this and we work with that and we have this case study and we build this because we don't make ourselves bigger than the athlete clubs leagues and federations we work with we are an incremental part and we fulfill our role